Welcome to Unlawyerly, where we talk about life, the pursuit of happiness, and some law. This is Ramin. It's time to get unlawyerly. So Ramadan is coming up very quickly. And for those of you who are living in the West, or I guess in any places that isn't necessarily a Muslim country or predominantly Muslim country, in which you may have already set accommodations from your place of employment, I think it's important for us to talk about you know, things that you can do now to prepare yourself in an environment, a work setting, in which you may be the only Muslim who is fasting during the month of Ramadan, or in an environment in which your colleagues and coworkers, while they mean well, may not necessarily know how to um, interact or what they need to do or what they need to know from the perspective of fasting during Ramadan. And I'll also preface this, any of the things that I say uh, in this uh, brief talk uh, that may be seen as uh, legal information. I'm not providing any legal advice. Uh, and so I, I do give that caveat at the very forefront. I'll share something with you all. In the time that I was in the corporate world, and, and I started right after I had graduated, um, with with my masters, I, I started working in, in that I would ask, uh, especially if it's a place that I knew I, I, I wanted to, I could see myself being there, uh, was the importance of being able to take time off and or uh, a break for something like Friday prayer. And so during the course of our interview, one of the things that I would just bring up to them and say, look, on Fridays, I do go to Friday prayer and, uh, you know, I, I need some time to be able to attend prayer and then come back. And on top of that, I do pray five times a day. And so uh, being able to just have that time. And in the beginning of my career, you know, I would, at that point, I, I didn't know much either. I would just go to my car and pray and, you know, I would still get the prayers in, but it wasn't anything that I, I had asked for an accommodation, a, a place where I, a room that I could pray. Now, some of you may be like, well, if I bring that up during the course of my interview, they may not even hire me. And, and well, that shouldn't and can't be the basis for why they don't hire you. The other thing you could do is, you know, once you secure the job and you're talking with your respective uh, person that's in charge of you, you let them know, look, on Fridays, I uh, pray or during the month of Ramadan, I fast or whatever the case may be. The reason why that is important is, is my own belief has always been, one, our risk is tied uh, and provided by Allah subhanahu It's not a human being. It's not a corporation. It's not an entity. The one above has already calculated what our risk, and for the most part, risk can be anything from well-being to monetary, the way that most of us see it. It's already tied. And the power of du'a, of course, changes it. So when I looked at it, I was like, look, this person that I'm interviewing with or my, the person that's in charge of me, the money's not going to come from them. The money's going to come from the man upstairs, from the big guy. And so, you know, he's the one that I should be afraid of when it comes to asking. He, we all know, most merciful, most loving God. Um, there's nothing to, to, to be afraid of when you are following. Uh, his, in my opinion, very simple things. But with that being said, that that's one of the ways that I got past this whole idea of being shy to ask or to tell them, you know, I'm going to take a break for this prayer. I'll make up the time. The work will get done, etc. Um, 
all of our things are, are already tied up when it comes to the risk and it doesn't come from a human being. So that gets to the very first things that you need to do when it comes to preparing for Ramadan and also just a practicing Muslim in a work environment, especially in the Western culture, is open communication. I think that is extremely important because the colleagues and people that you work with do mean well often, but they just need to know what's going on. And so often when I would interview people, and this, even if they were Muslim or not Muslim, but people coming out of college, one of the advice that I would give them on the other side is learn to set your boundaries. The things that are important for you should not be compromised regardless of the level that you come in. So open communication is the way to go. You need to ask your person in charge or HR, whoever, hey, I have so-and-so thing that's important for me. In this particular case, for example, during the month of Ramadan, I will be fasting, you know, 30 days. Now, they, some people will think you're going to be fasting the entire 30 months straight, no eating, no drinking. So it's important to let them know during the month of Ramadan, you don't have to give them a whole dissertation of, of Islam and Ramadan. I fast from sunrise to sunset, which means I don't eat or drink. And as I'm sure those of you who, who see my Instagram posts, I consider that the lower fast compared to the bigger and harder fast, which is, you know, the fasting of the mind, tongue, eyes, ears, temper, etc. I think that's the harder fast, becoming a better person. But you let them know, look, I'm fasting from sunrise to sunset. And so uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up is, one, if you haven't already told them, I need to make sure I'm making my prayers on time. And often when you tell HR that, they will find a room for you. And if they don't, you could ask, you know, is there... Uh, a room or a building or a place that's not being used that I may be able to use, you know, a couple times a day to, to pray. Um, and it's not a hard ask. Trust me, HR will, will accommodate, especially if you know, if they, uh, if you tell them. And for some reason, if they don't, you know, they should make it easy for you to be able to meet those obligations. Uh, and two, you know, when you're, when you're telling them about this, just let them know that when you have to break fast, and of course it depends on the timing of the year because ours is based on a lunar calendar, it does change. Right now it's going to be coming in around the time of, of March, so we still in daylight, daylight savings time. Uh, sunset's going to be a little bit earlier. So one of the other things uh, that you would need to bring up is the need for you to cut your work day uh, so that you can accommodate breaking your fast. Now, some of you are like, Ramin, you're out of your mind. How's that going to work? How are they going to say yes to that? I'll tell you this. Look, I worked in big four accounting where we had busy seasons. Um, I've worked in the government. I have worked at a university. I have worked in big law. All very high stress, high demand areas where there is no nine to five. It's nine to, it's wake up in the morning, start working until you go to sleep type work. And so I came up with a plan of action. So point number one was open communication. Point number two is make sure you do have a plan of action already in place before you go to point number one and have that open communication. I would tell them, this happened more in big law, before Ramadan happened, about two weeks beforehand, I would send an email to the people that I was working for, the partners. I'd let them know Ramadan is expected to start on X date and it's gonna go for 30 days until Y date. During that time, what I plan to do is, since I'll be waking up earlier in the morning for uh, starting my fast, I'll start my work at that point, and then 
of course I'll come to work, do what I need to do, but then I, 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 I need to leave by this particular time so I can go home, break my fast, and then, you know, um, especially for those of you who go to uh, Tarawiyah prayers, which of course aren't, aren't, aren't fires, it's not required, um, they're highly suggested, but I will also let them know, look, I'm, I'm also going to go to Tarawiyah prayers, so after this particular point in time, I'm not going to be available via email. But I will make sure that I make up the work that I'm going to uh, not necessarily be in the office to do, and it's going to be a seamless process. The onus is going to be more on you to make sure that one, whatever you say you're going to do, you actually follow through. And look, at the end of the day, if you are the only Muslim there, and I've been in this situation plenty of times, you're also setting an example for other Muslims that are going to be coming after you. And so you want to make sure, you know, as, as Muslims, when we make a promise, we follow through on our promise outside any extenuating circumstances. So you have to also be that model that you can show, especially people who aren't um, practicing or who aren't Muslims, that this can be done. I can still meet my religious obligations. I can meet my work obligations. It's not going to be easy, but here is my plan of action, and this is what I'm going to do. And often when I would send the email, I would leave it open. I would say that, look, I will speak with you guys in person as well and answer any questions you may have. The vast majority of the times, they wouldn't have any other questions. In fact, in the two places, especially when I worked out in big law, um, you know, it was very seamless uh, as far as being able to meet those, uh, uh, those things. But I also had conversations with them earlier. Uh, you know, at my first place of employment, we didn't have a place to prayer, but I had my own office. But then when we moved to a new building, I, I said, we really should have a meditation room. Not necessarily just for me, because I need to pray five times a day but it was for me, but it was a space where somebody could go and just have some quiet time, quiet space. And in my second place of employment, when I was in big law, you know, at the very beginning of the interview process, I let them know, these are the things that are important for me. Uh, and uh, I would like to see to the extent possible, uh, some accommodation. It wasn't me demanding, but it was more me letting them know I need to be able to meet these religious obligations while I'm at the workplace because my uh, religious life does not stop at the door when I'm walking into the building. It continues. And they were very respectful. And I think one thing I've realized in my, my time working in the corporate world is when you do value something, and it doesn't matter if you're coming in as a first year or you're experienced in season, people will, for the vast majority of the time, respect you because there is something that is important for you and you are following through on it. You know, they, they have a higher level of, uh, level of respect for you. So open communication to, before that open communication, have a plan ready as far as how you are going to execute. Now, some of you may say, well, for example, uh, some of my colleagues and coworkers, they don't know too much about it, so do I give them information? And the, the, the answer to that is, is it really depends. Some of them will be very curious and they will ask questions. Other of them, they will be curious, but they don't want to seem like they're asking too many questions to invade your privacy. So one of the things that I would do was, you know, at the, and I was on the associates committee, so I was involved with firm leadership in terms of things that were going on. I made an effort to be able to educate others uh, on Ramadan and fasting and so I would have an email that would set up at the very beginning before Ramadan started and just say hey there will be people in the building that who will be uh, 
participating in the month of Ramadan and they will be fasting. And this is the brief history of it. Now we'll talk about how the Quran was revealed by Angel Jibrail to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi and the, the, the need for you no know, fasting um, or fasting as far as from eating and drinking, among other things. But I will also educate them about the exemptions. For example, children are exempt. If you're sick, you're exempt. If you're a woman nursing, you're exempt. If you're pregnant, you're exempt. If you're traveling, you're exempt. I would basically show them the beauty of what is Islam, which is we believe in moderation, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does not make it difficult for us to practice our faith. You know, uh, and a lot of people were very receptive to it because they would say, "I didn't know this." You know, it's kind of great to have insight. Of course, I would also emphasize on the importance of the, the bigger fast, the harder fast, which is when you're not eating and drinking, it's easier to lose your temper. It's easier to get uh, hangry. Uh, but those are the things that requires us to, um, to, to, to practice discipline. You know? And I think when we are able to show our colleagues and coworkers that even though we're not drinking, even though we're not eating, even though we're not having our caffeine in the morning, that we're still able to get by. And look, during the workday, especially afternoon, it was it, it would get difficult, especially as the the days would progress. But you know, in in all of my time that I have, uh, you know, uh, fulfilled the rights of of Ramadan while I was in a corporate environment, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made it so much easier because I did my very best to make sure that I was still fulfilling my obligations, even though I was working. I was working in a Western environment, Western culture. I was one of the few if not the only Muslims there and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it so much easier for me because I made an effort to uh, practice my faith to fulfill the obligations of my deen and I think it can be very much that way now you can also have situations where <laughs> they're not going to tell you but some people are going to be like well, what the hell are you doing you know or Islamophobia look I'm not going to say that those things don't exist they do and whether or not somebody's going to tell you on the forefront how they feel or they're going to keep it to themselves but still make it difficult for you. The one thing I will tell you is this. We are ambassadors of our faith and especially during the month of Ramadan. Uh, it's important to show this. And the way that we show it is through our discipline, uh, through pushing through adversity. But I will say this. If you do see that someone is purposefully or intentionally, and intents are very, sometimes the difficult thing to be able to prove, but if someone is making it difficult for you, the best thing that I would say is all of your uh, places of work have a human resources policy. Look through the policy and read what is in there. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there is going to be something in there as far as religious observations, religious faith, um, practices, etc. See what's written in there and contact somebody within HR uh, and they will be able to guide you. Um, the other thing I will say also, and this is moving a little further ahead, but when Eid comes, you can take off for Eid. It's, it's um, one of those things that is protected. Okay. When I was in the beginning of my career, unfortunately, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I was there, I was working hard. I would, I would go to Eid prayer, but then I would come back to work. And, you know, it's interesting. It wasn't until I was working in, in big law and one of my partners who was familiar with the Middle East, he actually, we did a lot of energy work over there. He told me, he's like, Ramin, isn't 
isn't Eid three days? And I chuckle and I say, yes. And he's like, what, what are you doing? Why are you taking just one day off? And it kind of hit me. Here was a non-Muslim who was obviously familiar with, with Eid and, and the religion. And he told me, he's like, take time for what you need to, for, for your holiday. So for those of you who, especially if you're starting out, and I look, I understand the importance and need to show, you know, the people you're working with or the people you're working for, um, that you're, you're, you're there to help out, that you're going to be an asset. Um, but take the time off, okay? Uh, it's something that for 30 days, we put a lot of effort into it, and, and God willing, inshallah, we, we come out of it better people, better human beings, better Muslims, better workers. Uh, take the time at the end of it to celebrate our Eid. We only have two Eids, as I tell our kids, Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. Those are the days that, that are meant for us. And we should take the time. And for those of you who have kids, the best advice I think that we as parents can give our kids is not through what we say, but what we do. And in our household, we have made Ramadan a very important time period. And of course, Eid al-Adha as well during the Hajj. Uh, but when Eid comes, we take time off from our work, from whatever we're doing. We attend Eid prayers. We, we celebrate. We um, do the traditional things that we're supposed to because I want our kids to see that this is our holiday. We have a right to practice it, especially in, in this, this country, which is, is based on those ideals of you know religious freedom being able to practice without persecution and um, a lot of us fear that because we're the minorities that we can't and we shouldn't but that's not the way to think about it. and i think when you do have kids the best way to to teach them is through example i'm taking time off for eid you're not going to school for eid we're going to celebrate you don't have to take the full three days i i, I get it not everybody can do that um, but take one or two days off Take that time off. Go enjoy yourself. You know, you worked hard. Uh, but especially during Ramadan, I think that since it is coming up, um, create a plan of action. Communicate with your coworkers. I sent an email and then I would speak with them in person and take it as an opportunity to educate. If you do have issues that come up, you know, look at your HR policy, contact your HR. They will be able to help you. And some people may be resistant to it, but I think if we are ambassadors of our faith, of our religion, and people can learn from it, uh, you know, I think those are the ways to bridge the gap. I think that most often when someone does not know a Muslim, they may be more resistant to the idea. But when someone has a relationship with a Muslim in the sense, especially in the work environment, that your coworkers, they know you're practicing, um, and they see you on a day-to-day -day basis, and assuming, of course, you are a good person, you, you do follow the ideals of what Islam represents, you know, they're going to be able to, to pinpoint an actual human being to, the, to, to Islam and be like, well, I know so-and-so. He's a great person. I saw him. He was practicing his faith. He was providing, you know, the, the quality of work that we also need to do, and he, it was important for him, and he made sure that we... We understood that he had obligations to meet from the standpoint of his personal life or his religion, and so he did. Uh, and I think those are the best ways for us to be able to bridge the gap with people who don't know about Muslims. Uh, and alhamdulillah, we do live in a day where, you know, you have one person who's burning the Quran and another person who's saying something bad about Islam, but then you have 10, 20 people based on just that who is curious, what is in the Quran? What is Islam about? 
you know, is it is it what the what they're saying? And it's gotten better than what it was before, but um, I think it's uh, it's it's important for us to be able to be, you know, especially those in America, uh, great citizens, residents of of this country, um, and at the same time also be able to uh, use the fact that we are protected in the sense of our religious rights and obligations. So inshallah, that was helpful for those of you who are in the work environment. Uh, get on it early. Let them know earlier rather than later. Uh, and you know, I, I guarantee that by just taking those few steps of um, working toward your religion to make your practice during the month of Ramadan, even after that with your five daily prayers and Jummah prayer um, uh, out there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it much, much easy for you to be able to practice your faith and may you all get the ajr for it and the barakah from it as well. Talk next time. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening to Unlawyerly. My name is Rameen Muhammad. You can catch me on Instagram at Unlawyerly with Rameen, unlawyerly.com on our website. Of course, please feel free to subscribe to our YouTube. That's it for today. My name is Ramin again, and it's been Unlawyerly. Thank you.